Welcome to episode number 90 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And we are presented to you by our good friends over at SeatGeek. And today, taking a hot seat on the Chris Rose Rotation, I got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of all smiles. I love talking to all sorts of major league players, but when it's one of my own, from the Cleveland Guardians, like Zach Plesak, I got a big old smile on my face. Where, where's your Guardians gear, dude? <laughs> oh, I know. I should have worn it today. I got a hoodie, a navy hoodie with some silver lettering. says Guardians on it. It's got my number on it. That's the only piece of Guardians gear that I own right now, but I should have worn it. So is it like pimped out? Does it say Plesak on the back and everything? No. It, yeah, it'd be cool if it had a stitch number maybe. The stitching is is where it's at with the hoodies. I think it's it's a print on, thirty four, um, guardians across the front, silver and white. It's pretty cool. It's got like a little turtleneck up here to keep you up tight. Yeah. Okay. It gets chilly in the morning, especially okay. in spring training. Yeah. So you're out. You're you're out west. You're in Arizona, right? In Arizona, yeah. Okay. So have you worn it out yet? Like, has anybody been like, man, that is the sweetest guardians gear uh-huh. yet? I know I haven't I haven't built up courage enough to wear it out. I don't know why. I think I'm saving it. I want it to be good and ready and not too worn for when I can wear it for the first day and have my cool my sweater on at camp. It's gonna be worth it. Okay, so you called like Bieber and Savali mm-hmm. and McKenzie and all you guys are gonna get together and it'll be like the cool kids in class. You're all gonna wear your hooders to, to the <laughs> yeah, first day. Same day. Same we'll walk in the line too, single file line. <laughs> I love March. it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> listen, you're a smiley dude anyway, but I bet you I can make you really smile. You ready for this? Mm. Okay. Uh, audio only people that are joining us. Um, just be careful. What are we <laughs> explain to everybody what we're seeing? Wow, this is me playing football. This is high school. That's in the end zone. I think that's a two point conversion to take the lead in Valparaiso. Uh, yeah. Quarterback Jake Jadis went to Cornell. Okay. I, it was a slant up the middle across, and I, I just faded to the backside, threw my hand up, and he was just look at, looking for it. It opened up. Um, I got to be honest thought. with you. I work in the football world. That looks nothing like a slant. Yeah. Well, I took it over across. Let me, <laughs> let me see. Yeah. And then I, I saw the opening deep side, and I just told, lifted my hand up, and he just knew. Okay, is that the best catch? Because once again, I apologize to people that are joining us audio only. It's one that's a one-handed snag that we've got from Zach Plesak. Is that the best catch you had in high school? Um, I wouldn't even put that as my best catch in high school. Really? Yeah. yeah. No. There's some more. There's some other uh on that. There's a highlight film, I think. I never made, but one of the coaches at the school had made it for me. It's out on the internet somewhere. There's a couple catches on there that might be better than that one. I think that one was just because it was only worth two points. Six points or you know, those catches are cooler. Okay. So give but, me the uh give me the breakdown of Zach Plesak, the wide receiver. <laughs> well, I, I got quick feet. I can get open in a in a passageway. I don't really have that breakout speed. I can get away, I can pull away. I'm kind of like a power power receiver like I got the hands a little body um I find the windows you know I just get in the windows and my hands are just I'll make the catch so yeah um Um, could you have played division one yeah I actually um they're they're scouting there were scouts coming to games I actually could have played at Ball State I was I was looking 
to do that. And I had the coaches lined up for a meeting and, you know, I was on baseball scholarship. So God forbid something happened in football, got hurt. You know, I, you only get 11 and a half scholarships for baseball in college. So I was on a full scholarship. Turned out, God forbid I get hurt, take away a scholarship from guys who could be playing if I, you know, get hurt playing another sport. Baseball coach basically, he shut it down. But that would have probably been hard to do school, playing two sports too, when I think back about it, you know. It kind of was, could have been a lot, you know. Um, but it would have been cool to do. I would have loved to. I just started playing football. I was a sophomore in high school. And the football coach at the time took me out of class. He's like, you should play football. Tried it out, played it for like a summer. I, I worked out with the team and played like JV. And I like middle of the year, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to play JV. So I hit the gym that whole rest of the year. Um, and then next year, my junior year, um, I think set a school record for receptions in the season. And we had a really good team. We won the sectional championship that year. Um, senior year broke those records and we just ran it. Jake Jadis, quarterback. Yeah, other receivers, Braxton Rice, Ty Smith, we were good. The team that we lost to went to the state finals, and they, I think, lost, but we had that game won. That would have been us. All right, so you obviously you still have it a little bit in your DNA. I can hear it when you, when you talk about your, your affinity for football. Did you grow up a Colts guy or a Bears guy or something else? Uh, I, was a, I was a Bears fan growing up. I, I think I went to more Colts games ironically but i always rooted for the bears i think like some the way like to get tickets someone i knew growing up like had a had a pathway to get tickets you know easier so we'd go to those games more often but i was a bears fan really growing up went to like two games i just remember i was little and um my feet were frozen i wore vans to a game and i remember my dad told me he was like don't wear vans he's like put some real shoes on and i was trying to look cool wearing vans you know i get to the game i get to like the third quarter my feet are numb i can't feel my toes i was miserable i was like i'm an idiot i was trying to look good for it's like december football in chicago yeah Uh uh-uh no substance over style there man telling you Um, so you were probably like 11 12 years old when the bears played the colts in the super bowl yeah that, i think that was middle school for me that was like the highlight of football in my whole life probably i remember like going to my cousin's house to watch the game in the basement you know the chips and dip it was like the whole i don't really do football like that anymore like i don't celebrate it as much as probably that moment you know in high school but well, you're not you're not like a fantasy guy anymore like every team's no. got their fantasy draft no, I I don't know why I'm not interested in that. I oh. honestly, I'm telling you, yeah, I joke with my agent all the time. I try to get him to let me get into some open tryouts and practices with the Browns when we're over there. I tell my strength coach too, and he's like, all right. And the, one of the coaches, he's in on it, but it's got to be the right time. They lock us out. I'm gonna go train for football and keep my arm healthy. Give me three well, months. I'm gonna tell you, man. Our wide receiver crew, we need some help. Oh, so you better okay. stay sharp with them quick feet. I'm ready. I will. Give me a couple months, three months to really, really lock in these cuts. Hands are always there. Nice. Um, so you were a two, you were the Shohei Otani. I don't want to make this too big, but you were the Shohei Otani of Muncie, Indiana. Were you not at Ball State? <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, I don't, I did hit, I had some bombs in some, in some cool games, but 
it was kind of weird. Like the way I approached hitting it was, my freshman year, I didn't really hit for the team. I just, I was a reliever and would start the second half of the year. And I kind of flipped doing both sophomore year. I started hitting a little bit. I would like DH. They wouldn't put me in the field to save my arm. I would play a little bit of like maybe first or in the outfield, but they try to just DH me. And uh, eventually like I was hitting in the middle of the lineup. I was hitting like close to 300, I think. And that's when I, my arm was starting to hurt a little bit and I was kind of doing everything, you know, and it was, I didn't really understand the routineness of like controlling all of those, all of that, you know, workload. I wasn't, I, I would say I wasn't smart enough to really like maintain the routines to be like both, you know, I was kind of just like free willy out there enjoying playing, throwing as hard as I can swinging. <laughs> like, yeah, I couldn't take BP cause well, yeah, I was like, I wouldn't take BP. The coach thought I would perhaps hurt my side and BP. So I would just not take BP and be batting fifth. Just walk up there off no swings. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So it was funny, though. There was my favorite memory hitting, I think, was in Coastal Carolina the year they won. They had lost like one or two games in the regular season that year. And we were down one. A guy had got on second. I come up and the, it just started raining. It was like a whole like movie moment. Dude gave me a fastball I didn't see. It was like right by me. And then he threw me an off speed next pitch and I like clipped it left center, took the lead going into the ninth. And we ended up losing. We would have been one of their losses, but it was like a base it up the middle center fielder went under his glove. Dude circled the third oh. to start the inning. Yeah. We were like, oh, and then we ended up losing. And then they won the – I think they won the title that year. So my guy, uh, Andre Knott, who does an amazing job uh, covering the Guardians, he's a sideline dude. He says, you feel like you can still knock. You can still hit it yeah. at the major league level. Yeah, I feel comfortable. Definitely. But this, like, you know, in this agreement, once they hammer this thing out, the DH yeah. is, is here to stay – in both leagues, it sounds like you have yeah, one plate appearance in your major league career. So that yeah. dream might not ever happen. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Be okay. Yeah. I don't know what's going to, I mean, it just wasn't meant to be, I guess, unless uh, I somehow like it gets swayed in the way to where they're like, you know what, maybe we should let them hit. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, wow, wow. Or if I fail right away, it'll probably be like quick shutdown. You know, it's gotta be one of those, stars align you know it's different i heard they're drafting signing guys from over overseas who are like two-way players they're signing them as two ways mm -hmm. i mean you can't take away that you know the possibility it all depends where could be the best position for the team you know if you can have a guy doing two-way and there's an opening for somewhere like you know you could have two options you know there's ways it can be beneficial you having a couple guys like that on the team for sure well, don't tell me that there's another guy on the pitching staff who thinks he's a better hitter than you. Is there? I think if there's anybody, I think it'd be Quantrill to challenge. Ooh. He's got a good swing. He's got, like, I think he's batting, like, 600 at the big league level. I don't know. Maybe It's always those smart kids that end up at Stanford who think they can do everything, right? Yeah, they, they sit back, you know. We're just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. He's got a good swing. We just golfed the other day. He's, he was crushing balls. Mm. Yeah. Did you? He didn't take any money from you, did he? 
no, we ran a scramble, me and him versus a couple other other buddies we knew, and then we actually beat them. So, yeah. A little extra dough? A little extra dough. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Um, I will definitely say you are one of the better athletes on the Guardians, and I realize that right after you made that amazing catch in Kansas City, I th- that was your rookie year, I think, right? Yeah, that was my rookie year. That okay. was probably my like my big league moment that kind of got my a little notoriety of into the into the league, you know, for the first time. First time like really getting my name out there of something happening, doing well, you know, it's something. That was probably the first. And then it, I started pitching good after that, I'm pretty sure. Confidence booster, you know, it was a big, just elevating time of my career. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I backed up a slider and it like spun up and probably like he thought it was going the other way. And I, as I let go, I was like, oh God, I was going to have to duck for my life. And it happened to just go. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, the. There's only probably a handful of pitchers who can even get close to that ball, let alone dive and make a catch like that, right? Luckily, luckily that dirt, I mean, is dirt. At, in Cleveland, that's rubber mat. Yeah. I probably just face plant. <laughs> so, well, did anybody say anything? Because like Bowers took the ball from me, and he was just like, "Yeah, let's throw it around the infield." I would have been like, "Holy shit, motherfucker! <laughs> I've never seen a pitcher do that." Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm used to to playing. Most of that's just instinct, you know, and you kind of have to have that attitude, like go after everything until like, you know, it's you can't push it, I guess, but you got to think everything is in play for for you until you get called off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're taking a look at some more amazing defensive plays, diving off the mound, grabbing one hoppers. There was one that I think went in between your legs that ended up, Getting a little too close to home, if you know what I mean. We've seen one of those or two before in your past. Uh, oh, man. What is the key to being a great fielding pitcher if if there are young kids listening out there? I think you just got to finish on two feet, just be able to not be out of control when you finish. A lot of times they say finish, like, come set, but, I, you know, in a perfect world that, that happens. But sometimes you get going towards first, getting momentum. But – just being able to have two feet on the ground when you finish at some point. Yeah. That one against the Yankees where you got one right in between the legs, man. Yeah. That's incredible. Look at that. <laughs> That's nice. Good work. Split on second point. late. Yeah. We had on my, I hate to break up the fun that you're having while listening to Rose, but I have to tell you something very important. Football's over. Basketball is happening and DraftKings is allowing you to get a lot of free money to bet with if you just put $1 on an NBA game of your choice and you get it right, well, then they're going to give you $150 in free bets. You pocket that. You wait to baseball season. You wait to whoever the guest of this episode is playing, and you put it on them to be the best because the Rose Rotation bump is real. So go to DraftKings, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSE. When you do $1, you win $150 in free bets. You must be 21 plus and physically present in New York. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Minimum $5 
min deposit. Two mins in that sentence. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full details. Gambling problem? Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. So what what was your welcome to the big league moment, in your opinion? Was it facing somebody? Was it getting off the mound and having a note put in your locker by a former Cyang Award winner in David Price? Or was it something else? Uh, I think uh, really everything has been has felt like special since I've been up here. But it started with the the letter, you know. Then I got my first win, which was a big highlight, and it was against Chicago, my hometown team. Hometown team, you know, a bunch of family and friends were there, um, repeating history, and you know, then that catch happened, um, and then even last year, just being nominated for the Gold Glove for the first time. You know, and I work so hard, you know, I dedicate my training and things to be ready for those moments to earn awards like that, I guess. And that was a big accomplishment for me. Um, obviously, I want to win it, but um, having a winning season is always a highlight, highlight year, you know, highlight that. You want to have more wins than losses, looking to put together a stretch of, you know, wins that can get you set up for the playoffs. And that's really the key, you know, get some guys clicking together. But, you know, just even the teams I've been on since I've been in the big leagues have just been so different, you know. Each year had a lot of different um, learning experiences, you know, different perspectives and a wholesome type holistic perspective on being in the big leagues and, you know, switching from a young player to, you know, becoming one of the guys who had the most experience in the clubhouse for more than, you know, 50 percent of the guys at least. So it's been fun, though. Everything's just been a blessing. You take it day by day, you know, prepare. Well, I first heard about you from your uncle, Dan, whom I used to work with for, for 10 years up at MLB Network. And, and when you got drafted by my team, he's like, Chris, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, pal, you got to yeah. steal here, as yeah. your uncle Dan would always say. Yeah. Um, you never really got a chance to watch him very much as a big leader, did you even remember like the back part of his career? Cause I think he called it quits in about Oh three or so. Yeah. I remember being young, just going to games, like not really even knowing really how, how deep it was, you know, how like just going and enjoying the games. It felt like going to the fair or something, you know, like when I was a kid going to his games, but it was like special. Cause you know, he would say hi and we would be all excited and all, you know, giddied up me and my brother, um, some of our other family would go. We'd all go together, and it'd be good, good experiences. Yeah, dude, he was a badass. I'm telling you, man, because I re- I yeah. watched his entire career. I was like 15 when he started in the big leagues in '86. He could, and by the way, Uncle Dan could throw it a little bit, dude. Yeah. He'd run it up there, 98, 99. That's that's super sweet. Oh man, yeah, that's so cool. I love watching those highlights. I can't find any highlights of him anywhere. I'd be trying to look. Well, they got this new thing called YouTube. Just spin yeah. it up. Just type in Dan. Fleet. I've been, I've been looked. I've been scrolling a little bit. They show the, they show just like a couple from the All Star game, and then, yeah. Um, yeah. Did you? When did you start to realize, like, you know what? This could be a thing for me too. How old were you when you were like, mm-hmm. this is clicking? I think college after my freshman year, I was like, this could. I got a bunch of notoriety. I was college freshman pitcher of the year. So I had some all American awards, which got you into that group of like, 
you know, you at least get washed. And I started, I played in the Cape for a little bit. And then I just really, I had no idea what was going to happen. I was hoping I got drafted on dra- the day of the draft. I was kind of just being like, so whatever's meant to be, I'm willing to accept everything, but I'm, you know, working towards just to get drafted, you know, and then I got drafted and I was like, all right, get to the show. You know, now we have different goals and trying to be an all-star and, you know, do different things across the league. And so yeah, just take it step by step, the journey, you know. Well, the story's been told umpteen times about that 2016 draft class. It was you, Bieber, and Savali yeah. all taken in the same. I mean, it's amazing to get just one starting pitcher from a draft, but to get 60% of your starting rotation for the foreseeable future. Like, do you remember the first time you met those guys? Yeah, I, I think I'd met Shane before Aaron. And I mean, we clicked right away. We were boys ever since. And I was a year behind those guys because I had gotten hurt two months before the draft. So they were kind of already playing. And, you know, the guys that they hung out with were a little older. And I was still at the complex doing my arm care. Um, I think I finally met Aaron like my second year after that draft year. Uh, we played together for a short stint. And Beebs was always a step ahead. It was like when Bieber moved up, I would move up in the organization. And so, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And then we all were, we were all like in the, in the core together and then it all just worked out the right timing. And so how nice is it that you guys are staying together, hopefully for the foreseeable future, because you don't usually get that. If, if you got three guys that are kind of progressing at the same rate, the odds that all three of you are going to stay together through the major league level. That's a rarity. One of you might get traded. Something might go wrong for one of you. But to have all of you kind of grow up and then end up in the show together, you guys yeah. ever talk about how odd that is and how fortunate you are? We have. Those conversations are brought up. And I think we just talk about how how rare it is and how it is special and all three of us get along. And it's super easy, you know, to communicate with each other. And it's something that we feel could be a great core, you know, for, you know, a future and you, when this, with this business, you never know how it's going to play out where guys get shuffled off to. And it's always for the best of, you know, for everybody in certain cases. But it would be great to see what we could do together for year, you know, years ago. That's cool. Cool to think about. We think about that all the time. All right. You're looking for the newest app to be a part of? Want to invest your money? Get a great return? I got something for you. Art. You're probably thinking, Rose, what are you talking about? No, I'm not joking. Art. It's called masterworks and it gives you access to one of the most exciting investments on earth did you actually know that blue chip art prices have outpaced the s p 500 by 164 percent from 1995 through 2021 i'm going to repeat that it outpaced the s p by 164 percent now that might be because if you could afford to buy a picasso you're probably already rich but thanks to masterworks you can invest in hall of famers like warhol and monet without needing the millions. In fact, over 300,000 people have already signed up, so I want you to do the same. Use the code word ROSE and off you go. In fact, you'll get priority access with Masterworks game day promotion. So all you have to do, log on to masterworks.art slash ROSE. That is masterworks.art slash ROSE. Also see the important disclosure at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Go make yourself some money and get into the art world. So 
unfortunately we had to nickname you no no police act last year in this household yeah. yeah i mean incredible right a team it's just rare for a team to get like never before has it happened where a team gets no hit in a single season three times but to have the same starting pitcher every damn time now i know you were you weren't happy with what happened that first time in chicago yeah but the next time out you pitched a gem hmm. and then you get no hit and then you pitch fairly well the last time and you still get no hit was there a time where you're like driving home you're like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> yeah there there was completely that moment oh my a huge awakening moment you know i had to like let go of something or, or you know i had no idea what to do because it was that chicago star was tough i only lasted like two thirds that really it was like the toughest start of my season mm -hmm. and it was kind of right in the flow of like just a weird weird time and then uh yeah by the by the last one it was just confusion really you know but at the end of the day it's like take your wins move forward I can't ever think me, you know, me, it's against me. These are because of me or whatever, you know, it's the last thing I want to do is put it on, on me. But right. Um, I mean, it is what it is. This storybook storybook things that happen to people all the time, some for the good, some for the, for the random, you know, but it's all good. It's all part of, part of the journey for me to see something to, you know, accept that to happen and just move forward and keep looking to get, in growth and better myself and put in better positions so that doesn't happen you know come out with good starts with energy and uh you know fuel guys by my attack and really just you know enjoy playing the game you know because you last thing you want to do is carry that that weight on you going into each start like all right is the guy's gonna hit for me today it's been it's been known that they don't get hits when i pitch you know or <clears throat> whatever so it's kind of got to go with it. I'm learning to more, I guess, identi identify myself as I pitch, mm -hmm. and that'll kind of bring its own energy into the games, hopefully to help, help us win. You know, one of the great things about an organization like Cleveland is that when you are young, you're going to get that opportunity. I think the frustrating thing maybe for fans is that you want them to spend more money and bring in some proven guys by a free agency and say, hey, this is a good core. Let's keep adding to it so we can contend yeah. with the Chicago's of the world or what have you. I mean, yeah. the reality is, is that your payroll right now is less than what Max Scherzer will make in 2022. Yeah. Do you guys ever talk about that or is that strictly a fan thing? I mean, it is what it is. You know, I think that's, it's part of the process. You know, you got to go, nothing's handed to anybody. It's a lot of, you could say even like lottery ticket, you know, timing and health. A lot of things can lead you into the right direction so that you get opportunities to make that much money. You know, I think um, everything that's going on right now with the union and the, and the front, I don't know, all the owners trying to figure it out so everyone can be happy with guys doing the same thing as, as me, starting pitcher in the, in the big leagues making $22 million. And, you know, I'm making, say, you know, big league minimum. There's got to be a point to where, like, no one can get screwed over in that sense, you know? So it's like, is he, because at the same time, guys who have gotten to that point and have those contracts have earned their way through the ranks, mm -hmm. gotten to the point of free agency, and you earn that. You earn that, you know, maybe take one right before free agency or, you know, depending on your situation, 
you know, so it's, it's really just being consistent, you know, and money will come if you're good. So yeah, it's, I think easier if you can just find a group of guys that can want to play together and you don't have to worry about bringing in these superstars and paying them a bunch of money. You can just keep a good core of guys, pay them like a good amount that they going to love to show up to work and, you know, put something together together every single day. So there's ways to do it. And I'm not saying I'm a owner minded person, but you know, same time people are going to want their money. And so yep. perform, you get paid, you know, at the end of the day. Your, uh, your highest paid player is also your most entertaining player in Jose Ramirez. Yeah. Give me one good Jose Ramirez story behind the scenes that just makes you laugh. I mean, every time I see the dude, first of all, is I, I I've always wanted to buy him a chin strap for his helmet. I've never seen a guy yeah. who runs the bases and every time that thing is just popping right off. He's the best. He's the best. He'll just sit at his locker and his chair. Hey, bro. Guys will walk by him. He'll just, he's just sitting there. like just enjoying life, you know, the happiest dude. Just the best baseball-minded person to be around. He just gets it, you know. He get is. That's just who he is. It's literally in his DNA to go out there and do play, be at a baseball field in a clubhouse on the field, hitting around, you know, goofing off, whatever. It's so fun. He still thinks he's the king of Mario Kart, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think he is, right? Is he? You tell I don't me. Know. You I think so. Me. Yeah. All right. Um, a couple more things with Zach, please. Second, I appreciate your time. You know, you help. You always talk about how everything's a journey and a process, and you haven't done everything right. We get that. You helped my 16-year-old son. You helped me teach a lesson to him about keeping his his mind right. You got hurt last year with your thumb or one of your fingers, right? Yeah. You got a little. You got a little heated. In the clubhouse, right? And it happens. Yeah. Right? No, so, I'll tell you the story. Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, I came in the clubhouse. It was a, it was like a July day. Hot. It was Sunday day game. And I already sweat through probably two jerseys, sometimes three a game. I had compressions on underneath. Coming to, jersey, coming to the clubhouse after the game, pulling my jersey over my head. I was sitting there slunched like this thinking about what just happened, reflected, sitting down, sit up, took a deep breath, took my jersey off like this, pulled it over my head and pulled it down through like I was putting it between my legs because I was kind of like slouching. Clipped my thumb on the chair between my legs. I was like, ah, I was like, I looked, I didn't even look at it. I just kind of grabbed it. It felt like I broke my nail. Like I just clipped my nail is what it felt like. So I looked down as and my nails not uh, not chipped, but there's like a blood blister, uh -huh. like right here. So I'm like, I don't know what a blood blister is, but I'm like pulling on it. I'm thinking I jammed it. I thought I like just caught it on the chair. And yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, and then started getting swollen. And then I went to the field in Detroit the next day and had to get the trainer to look at it. Damn. It would have worked out so much better if you had really banged your hand on like a chair or something being pissed off. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I've been mad before and I've like thrown things. And I remember in, in middle school or it was high school, 
playing basketball, getting a breakaway layup, missed the layup, hit the pad uh, behind the, the, yeah. the basket, and there's brick wall behind the pad, you know, broke my hand, boxer fracture. So I've, I've learned, like, through hitting things, like, not to really do that. And this time I really didn't hit anything and something got broke. Well, but, so <laughs> did it piss you off that that, that was – I mean, that was just, I'm a huge Guardians fan and I work in the media and I didn't know it till now. Doesn't oh, that man. piss you off a little bit? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it doesn't. This is the way, the way things get, you know, word gets out of what happened. People take into context of what they want to make it out to be. And, you know, at the, at the time, like, I don't know. There, there's a, there's an easy target for me to be. That dude who comes in getting mad, throws a punch, breaks his hand. It was so easy to like believe in that. And so that's uh-huh. kind of how it got scripted out. And I just had to, to run with the punches, you know, and just play it out. Everything, this is, I mean, kind of with everything in my career, you know, just time will tell, like true intention with everything that I had. It's like, I don't got to sit here and try to defend myself. I just know, you know, my, in my heart, I know <laughs> if, if anything, I'm okay with dealing with whatever comes with it, part of the, part of the process for me to feel, you know, however, I'll definitely like point my case out in certain instances, like mm-hmm. you've seen, um, 2020. Um, but other than that, there's never any <clears throat> malicious or like lying intention with what I do. And I, I take pride in that. And that's why I try to spread who I am on, you know, social media, stay off of Twitter, you know, cause words can always get, you can, a picture is worth, you know, all the words need to be said, you know, and words can just get taken in different contexts and could be used against you. You know, if you want to be targeted, someone will find a way. So just kind of take myself away from those, you know, that, that energy. So. Well, uh, no, I'm happy that you clarified that. I, I think a lot of people that are listening today and watching and just consuming the interview will be appreciative of that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a great lesson for everybody that we just got to listen. We have to do a better job of listening and, taking care of all that um you talk about instagram you got to tell me about your pooch man your dog is awesome yeah she's around here somewhere she's the best yeah lola rose yeah (laughs) what's the background is there a good story about her is she oh yeah Uh, my rookie year rookie years in september me clevenger took a ride down to miller's millerstown ohio uh, somewhere south in Ohio, like a farmland, pulled up to this house that we were coming to go check out these burner doodles. No intentions to really buy them, but we were going to look at two of them. And they were still yet too young for us to take them home. That's why we were just going to check them out, see if they were legit. And I was going to look at Lola. It was like Macy or something at the time. He was going to look at Cloudy. It was like something like Mac at the time or something like some a big boy name. He was the biggest in the litter and she was the smallest little girl big dude right when we get there cloudy runs up to to clev lola comes up to me like it was legit mm. destiny we ended up buying the dogs that day they let us take them home like three weeks early because we got two of them and they wouldn't have the separation anxiety mm. took them home and we had one more road trip we left them with this trainer for like seven or ten days or something and he was kind of getting them like you know used to the leash and like coming together and like at the time me and Mike were, we were almost living together. You know, we were just always, we were playing ball. We're going to train in the off season, just running life, you know, playing baseball, got these dogs now. And yeah. So 
you know, now Lola's two years old. She's been to Florida beaches. She's been to the snow in Indiana. She's been to the, to the lakes of Minnesota. She's been to California. She's been to Arizona. She's been in the oceans. Yeah. She's seen it all. She's been around a lot of road trips, been on the plane. She's been, she's been around. That's awesome. Where yeah. is she? Lola. Come here. Oh, she's over here. Come here. Come here. Come on. Come let's here. see. Come on, Lola. Come here. Come say hi. Come right here. Oh, I love doggies. Oh, yes. <laughs> you are the best, Lola. Yeah. Hi. I'm Chris. Big Guardians <laughs> fan. That's Chris, Lola. Yeah. It, she's not impressed. You're on TV. She's not impressed. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Gosh, what a That's great cool. face, too. Holy yeah, smokes. Yeah, sweet. You kidding me? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's do a little trivia, a little game. We'll get you out of here. You are the, uh, you're one of the first per people to ever play the Two Truths and a Lie Stats Edition of Zach Plesak. You ready? Okay. All right. So I'm going to say three things. Two are true and one's a lie. The first thing. You struck out exactly 100 batters in the 2021 season. The second thing is, after Progressive Field, the next place where you have given up the most homers is Guaranteed Rate Stadium, south side of Chicago. Number three, Lance Barksdale has worked more of your games behind home plate than any other umpire. So which one? Can you find the lie? I'll say the lie uh i'm gonna take the lie of homers in chicago why do you you think that a, right yeah yeah it's that is the lie do you know which stadium you've given up the second most homers in um i would say the second most homers dang i would probably say not minnesota i know it makes sense to guess in your division but it's not uh, even a divisional opponent it had to have been one game Can you believe that Yankee Stadium is your place? Yankee Stadium. Oh, that place is a boombox. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't say that. Oh, my. Yeah, I have given up. How many is it? Five? I, I don't even <laughs> want to go into the numbers. It's not It's not important, Zach. Okay. You're right. Robbie, did you look those up, those numbers? Did you look and see how many it was? No. No, I did not. Okay. That's um, good could... producing, Rob. <laughs> Let me find out. <laughs> no, it's not that important. We don't want to put negative. Now we don't want to hear it. Okay, good. Wanna... Yeah, no, no. It's uh, it's less than five, more than two, maybe. Four? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. By the way, Lance Barksdale has worked more games than any other umpire behind home plate for you. Wow. Yeah. He's done a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Way to stay on the uh, on the Not, good side of things. No. That's nice. All no. right. We also uh, will spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. So this is very easy. I'm not very smart. I've got five topics up here. And uh, we'll spin the wheel, get you out of here. Ooh, ring chaser. You want that World Series ring, don't you? You know, of course. Would you do almost anything for a World Series ring? Almost anything. I would do almost anything, yeah. Almost okay. Anything. If I could guarantee you to get a World Series ring, would you have Tito Francona's body and have to go shirtless 
every day for the next five years. <laughs> oh, you're killing me to do that shirtless. But I guarantee you a World Series ring and you could still pitch in an elite level in the major leagues. You just do it with Tito's body. That's crazy. I can't. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I love you, Tito. But yeah, I got to stay on it. Yeah, the thing is a little rough these days. No, I actually wish I could reach out to him and ask him how he's doing. He, he was doing good right before we had this lockout, but I haven't been able to talk to him. But I think I know. He's, this could be a good a good rest period for sure yeah. as his passes. I think he's doing yeah. good, though. I think better. You know, so he, he will always hold something against me and me and Millar from our intentional talk days. When uh, there was one day, I think he was in New York, and it was early in the afternoon. It was probably like 1.30. He didn't know what the – you know, MLB Network has those ballpark cams that are always on so we can show you guys warming up and taking BP mm -hmm. and stuff. He was out there doing shirtless ab work. <laughs> so he's walking out there. He's just got no his way. pants on and no shirt, and we showed it. And I think it was like the first ever got him. And so every time he <laughs> oh, was on the show. That's how got him started. That's, I think that's really how got him started. And so we would Crazy keep God. showing it, and he would always motherfuck us every time we put that out there. But like whom I didn't complain. Are you kidding me? He looks like Mr. Universe next to me when it comes to bodies. Nah. So you wouldn't. You obviously don't want to ring that bad. Yeah, I, I want it bad. I do a lot of things. Just not Terry Francona body bad? I mean, shirtless, though, everywhere is like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think my family would be like upset. <laughs> uh, but you'd get a ring, so they can't, you know. Exactly true. I'll they can't wear it everywhere. Is. If I Listen get a ring, man. I'll go shirtless everywhere with my ring on. Because ah. then they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, it was great catching up with you, ma'am. Whenever this lockout ends, go do your thing out in Arizona and then eventually Cleveland with the newfound Guardians. Oh, there's the Tito. There's the Tito nice. video. Here it is. That's a just mid-July. That's nice. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> doing that ab work that away tito um so listen best of luck in 2022 we know this thing will get resolved go keep the uh, cleveland guardians in contention this year so i have something to root for okay brother so yeah i appreciate that absolutely it was good so, hanging out and tell tell uncle danny i say hello likewise it's Don't his birthday today his birthday i already texted uh, him Did yeah you text him? Birthday. let's give a happy birthday shout out uncle, uncle dan. dan yeah i texted him did you text him i texted him did he did he text back? No, not yet. Oh, oh, oh he got me. He didn't get you yet? No. Oh, oh, oh I don't want to say that means he loves me more than he loves you. That's tough. I'm just saying. I'm gonna gun him. Yeah, you better. You better. <laughs> hey, thanks very much to Zach Plesak of the Cleveland Guardians for hanging out with us today. A special shout out to our one and only special producer, Robbie Shirocco. And thanks very much to you for listening. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. It's all presented to you by SeatGeek.